Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. We believe that leaders are shaping the future and this podcast is our commitment to providing you with high value resources that will give you the opportunity to be the best leader you can be. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash stronger leaders. I'm your host, Phil Denner, joined as always by the founder and president of Alliant Leadership, Joe Denner. Joe, thank you so much for joining us again today. How are you? You know what? I'm doing well. Um, some of our listeners know I had some surgery uh, yes. recently, just some minor surgery uh, a few weeks ago, but um, I'm healing up really well and I've been able to get back to the gym, so I'm really glad about that. Well, that's great to hear. We're definitely glad to have you back. Uh, I myself am trying to get back to the gym uh, and get in a good habit, uh, so we'll see, see yeah. how that goes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but before we get started with today's topic, I just want to encourage you all to, to go ahead and check out Joe's blog. You can find it easily at joedenner.com. Uh, if you have not already, subscribe to his blog to receive it in your email inbox each week, and you'll receive a free copy of his resource guide titled Six Strategies for When You Don't Have Enough Time. It's a quick, simple set of very practical strategies to help you handle the pressure of all the demands that you face. Well, you may have noticed that we haven't had a podcast the past couple months. Uh, The reason for that is we were actually in the midst uh, of an exciting launch of our product, Seven Days to Becoming a Great Manager. Joe, do you want to just say something about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. uh, I'll tell you what, we learned a lot and we've gotten some great new customers and we're looking forward to their feedback and just really helping them grow. And that's, uh, again, we're excited. Uh, We've been committed this year to really putting out new resources for uh, our listeners and readers. And so we're excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited. Um, But we're glad to be back. And we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic today. Uh, One that we've been asked about quite a few times over the last year. Yes, we have. (laughs) And that is how to effectively lead those who belong to the millennial generation. And we are calling today's show, How to Lead Millennials for a Team Win. So this is definitely an interesting topic, yep. especially with our dynamic as I myself am a millennial. <laughs> yes, you are. So <laughs> this should be very interesting. Uh, so the first question I have for you, Joe, is what are the difficulties you see today with the millennials in the workforce and what are the differences as opposed to, say, 15 to 20 years ago? Okay, that's a good question. I think, I mean, part of it is that uh, there are now more and more millennials than ever before, obviously, just with the, you know, passing of time. I sure, mean, we, yeah. we just have a lot more millennials in the workforce than we did 15 to 20 years ago. Uh, but there are plenty of specific things we're going to get into in a few minutes. But the bottom line is that we need to recognize millennials are coming into the workforce with an entirely different perspective Mm. uh, because of the world that they've grown up in as opposed to the one that the baby boomers and Gen Xers like me grew up in. And and because of that, uh, they're coming also uh, with a completely different set of expectations. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and because many of us who are managing them have a totally different set of default expectations, there are obviously obviously some tensions um, that can arise. And I think one of the most common problems I've seen 
and I've experienced it. I've even been a part of this and I've had to catch myself, um, you know, probably five or 10 years ago. I really, I really f- saw this in myself. And that is that the older generations have a tendency to only focus on and notice the negatives about the younger generation that's coming yeah. in behind them. But man, there are plenty of positives that we're going to look at today. And I'm excited about that. Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of generalities, but it's also important to note here at the beginning that not every millennial thinks in every way that we're going to be talking about today. Um, There's no cookie cutter thing going on here with millennials, but uh, it wasn't that way with us either. In our generations, there's always variety, but hopefully today what we're looking for is to draw out and highlight some of the significant trends and themes that relate to millennials that I think are going to be helpful for leaders today. Well, great, Joe. That This is definitely going to be very helpful. I think even myself hearing this uh, this topic and this information uh, from the opposite side will be really helpful uh, to understand yeah, how I my generation so. is and, and how we can, can be on the lookout as well. So uh, how can more experienced business professionals rally millennials around their goals? Okay, I have seven things that I want us to consider today, and they're going to be pretty brief. Uh, but before we dive into the specifics, I have two general attitudes that I want to encourage leaders to really embrace. And the first one is to be willing to ask ourselves and to ask the millennials, what can each generation bring to the table and learn from each other? It's really, really essential that we welcome each other's perspectives and then benefit from the healthy debates that can flow out of that kind of interchange. So that's the first thing. Let's ask the question genuinely, sincerely, believing that that there are benefits that we both have to offer each other and ways yeah, that we can learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, admit uh, especially this is especially for us in the baby boomer and Gen X generations. We need to admit that just because we have a lot more experience than the millennials does not mean that we have all the answers. Uh, and so that's something critically important. And we just have to make sure to maintain an attitude of humility. Yeah. One little thing that I'd like to mention right here is sure. I think, as you mentioned, that as some of the older generations tend to pick out the negative parts of a, of millennials there are i've seen where millennials they they are a little bit open to hearing others perspectives and the benefits of that um, but sometimes the attitudes they carry can uh, make it seem like they're not and so mm-hmm. sometimes we do jump to that conclusion sure that they aren't open so I would encourage That's a good point millennials to be very clear and vocal with the fact that they want to learn um, mm-hmm. from their from others perspectives but also for uh, as you said for old the older generations to be um, ready and willing to to bring that perspective yeah. to the table. But I think so. you make a great point because a lot of the millennials are bringing a level of energy and a level of exuberance and a level of adventuresomeness, that probably isn't even a word, but they're, they're bringing something that, that some of us don't have and, and have never really seen in the workplace. Yeah, I think that's that's some really good points there, Joe. So what are the seven things leaders need to know to lead millennials to a team win? Well, we chose that title for today uh, for a reason, and, and the first item is definitely a reflection of that. So the first thing I want to to say is I want to encourage leaders uh, to make sure that they are encouraging collaboration and transparency, mm, because yes. for millennials, it's all about the team. They are the most connected generation of all time because of the internet and social media, and they 
they really do want to work in a collaborative, sharing, exchanging environment, and they really, really appreciate transparency. They they kind of resist hierarchies. They work much better through networks uh, because for them, the lines between levels have become blurred. And, and there's a lot of reasons behind that that we don't have time to go into. But, but one of the reasons they also value transparency as a, as well as collaboration is that they've grown up uh, during the aftermath of the Enrons, the WorldComs, and and the Arthur Anderson scandals. And hmm. and they want reality. They want genuineness. So that's that's really big for them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very important that uh, they see that in in older people from older generations when they see that i think that's very very helpful for them so yeah it's 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 definitely a key thing and and i'm sure you feel that i mean you're on social media people are connected all right. over the place and so there's just i mean people are talking to each other constantly all throughout the day and not that all those things are good it just it is it is what it is so that's right. number one uh, the first thing to do is encourage collaboration and transparency the second thing is that they want to grow and learn. And here's the thing, they will do it with or without <laughs> you. Um, you know, if the opportunity for learning, development, and growth within a company is not possible, they'll move on. They're not gonna, they're not gonna hang around. Uh, they're very, right. very willing to work hard, but they're not gonna waste their years working somewhere that doesn't utilize their potential and, and support their growth. They're just not gonna do it. Uh, as a matter of fact, according to one study that I ran across, they rate training and development as an employee benefit three times higher than they rate cash bonuses. That's wow. That's really significant because. Most leaders that I talk to feel like they have to reward people in cash. And the key thing is, you know what? You don't have to reward millennials in cash. You can reward them by sending them to seminars and conferences and letting them sign up for online training. But there's, hmm. a, there's a lot of benefit for them there. Yeah, I think that initially surprises me. But as I'm thinking about it, that does actually kind of make sense because I think when the more training we get, the more opportunity we have to grow. And yeah, that leads exactly. to those cash. So I think I think the training is what leads to that eventual cash bonuses or just a better salary in general. Right. So I mean it's all rooted in this desire for access, right? Because they're connected. Right. They they find answers to questions as quickly as they can enter it into their phone and Google. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so if you will give them access to high quality learning, um, they're gonna love that. So that's number two. All right, that's that's some really great stuff about number three. Number three is they want to feel valued. Now, quite frankly, I think this is goes across the generations, but it's definitely got a heightened sense with the millennials. And here's the key thing, get them involved. Um, they want their voice to be heard and allowing their voice to be heard, allowing them to collaborate and be involved across levels, across departments, you know, that that is value to them. That is what they consider being valued. And, and interestingly, I just read some other research recently that showed that companies that have cultures that are highly appreciative are also the companies which are the most innovative. Really? And, and in the knowledge economy, 
of the world we live in today, innovation is more essential than it has ever been. Well, if you think about it, if you are in an environment where you are not being appreciated, how much mm-hmm. are you going to give of yourself? You're not going to give your best ideas to some bum who doesn't even care about you right. or doesn't yeah, for sure. recognize you or seem to appreciate anything you do. You're going to hold on to that. But man, when when you're feeling appreciated and a part of the team and an integral part of everything that's going on, you're going to share your most creative ideas. It really does. That appreciation and recognition, one of the things it does is it releases creativity and innovation. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. I think one big difference that I have seen is in the difference of management styles with millennials, uh, an authoritarian uh, management style versus maybe more of a transformational leadership style where uh, you're creating that value to get them behind your vision Uh, and as you give them that value they want to rally behind you and that is when I think you're going to see a lot more innovation a lot more success yeah I agree and we're actually going to talk about leadership style a little bit that's number three Um, so number four Number four, and this is probably not going to be any surprise to anybody because there's been a real rise of this, but millennials want to work from home. <laughs> yes. Uh, they want to be around their families. Um, they love the inherent flexibility that comes with this. So one of the things we're seeing millennials, and we see this in different ways, is the blurring of the lines. And that's the the you know, lessening of structure, um, moving to a much more global connected network versus a plain hierarchy. So there's a lot of things going on inside of this. But, but here's the key thing. And, and by the way, this podcast is not about just giving millennials everything they want. Um, but right. in this case, they, they have to have some self-discipline and they've got to embrace that. But, okay, you know, uh, to your point, Phil, about management style, here's another area where it comes in because I've worked with a few companies where they've experimented with this and people who are used to an older style of management are having a hard time with remote working because they're used to watching over people. Yeah. Okay. And so I actually think this is a positive thing that working from home and allowing people to work remotely is going to do for managers. And that's going to be to force them into a place of managing based on outcomes as a new key mindset or skill set for managers. And that is, I don't have to hover over and watch everything that they're doing and micromanage. I just need to clearly lay out expectations of the outcomes and the production that I'm looking for. And as long as they produce that, in some senses, I don't really care what they do or how they do it. I just want the outcomes that I'm after for what I'm paying them for. Yeah, I think, like you said, the self-discipline, that's something that not everyone excels at. I know myself, that's not something that I excel (laughs) at. But to your point, I really do enjoy work the flexibility that working from home offers it's it's so much more comfortable i don't have to drive to an office every day um and there for some people there's not the the same distractions of you know like i said driving or sitting in an office with a bunch of other people um but also i think it adds to adds to that value because it's showing confidence in them that you think they can get that job done i trust you I trust you to do the work I've given you to do. I'm evaluating the quality of the output of your work and how you got that done is not as big of a concern to me. And again, that's much more 
workable in this knowledge economy that we work in. Yes. Obviously, if you work in a factory, that just doesn't work. But <laughs> but in, in a lot of the technological information-based fields that are existing and taking off today, um, it's the perfect opportunity um, if you're willing to work through it because it also leads to huge savings for companies oh, yeah. you know, in terms of saving on office space and office furniture and all that infrastructure that's required. So that's that's number four. Yeah, when all your you, you know you're paying for WebEx and Skype and different you know ways to to meet with people, and you can have people based all over the country working for one company and oh, not absolutely. have to you know fly people in for meetings. Although maybe occasionally you do, but yeah, and a lot of them do. A lot yeah. of them will do that once or twice a year, get everybody together for a but face to face. But it's not on a consistent basis no. where you're yeah no. so. It's a good right. deal. Yeah, for sure. What uh, What is number five? Number five is that they also want to be a part of something meaningful. Mm. Uh, they want to make a difference. And again, this almost like the being valued is almost like everybody wants their work to be important. But I will tell you for the Gen Xers and now even more so for the millennials, this is pivotal. They mm. want to make a difference in the world. They are more than any other generation, world changers in their hearts and minds. And it's because they've grown up with a global mindset. They've grown up, grown up being able to talk to somebody in China or talk to somebody in Pakistan, yeah. you know, and it's not a big deal. And, and it's easy. And so, therefore, they have access to news that's happening all over the world right. in the seconds after it happens, videos galore. And so, it just increases their sense of their ability to reach out and touch the world. And it really is something that pumps them up. But the other thing just kind of related to that is that they are very, very interested in being committed to social causes. So, that's just part of that whole kind of let's change the world together kind of mentality. So that's that's a key thing for a lot of them. So as a manager, maybe having some different initiatives with the company uh, or your organization making some social change, sure. uh, you know, something maybe as simple as a recycling uh, could be yeah, something that could, yeah, mm-hmm. for, could be really um, meaningful to, to some, to a millennial. Well, and I was just talking to a CEO the other day who um, not for his main business, but for another business he's invested in. It's a very young company with again, pretty much all millennials. And they were, they were going to go to uh, an organization called Feed My Starving Children in Aurora. Yeah. And, and they, this is a company that only has 20 employees. And they told the people at Feed My Starving Children, we'll have 120 people there. Wow. I mean, their families, everybody's showing up because it's a big deal. It's really connected. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's very cool. All right. What is number six? Number six, and this is really quick, um, and it kind of fits because they're somewhat impatient. Um, they've grown up in this microwave Google world, and they expect things to happen quickly. And mm, so that's yes. going to be another area of opportunity for coaching and for really shepherding millennials through this and, and helping them understand when is it appropriate to be impatient and when is it appropriate to wait and allow things to come together and wait for all the necessary information to come in, whatever it might be. But uh, this is just a reality that managers need to be able and ready to deal with. Yeah, uh, I I was kind of laughing in my head uh, as you were talking about that because there are so many instances, even myself, where I'm sitting there and I remember when we went camping uh, to that father-son camp a mm-hmm. few week, weeks ago and there was 3G service and I was just, oh, this is so slow. Right. Oh, it was painful. Dr- yeah, it was really painful. And 
I'm laughing at myself right now because that's so true how we expect everything in an absolute instant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that is so different than back in during the baby boomers and the Gen Xers. Uh, but that is something we really need to keep in mind. So, yep, it's true. All right, what is number seven? And then lastly, is and you alluded to this earlier, in terms of effective management styles, right. and I think that a coaching style of leadership is going to be what's most effective. In other words, if I could sum it up in just one quick phrase, a coaching style of leadership says, ask, don't tell. In other words, I actually read one article that says, you can't manage these people. You have to lead them. Yeah, In other definitely. words, you have to create followership. You have to create trust. But then this coaching style of leadership is one that is very collaborative. It's one that really asks a lot of questions and it challenges them to think through and solve their own problems instead of solving their problems for them. And so what it does is it creates this kind of Google experience where they get to be in this super collaborative experience of discovery and exploration. And they love that. That's the world they've grown up yeah. in. And it you know really hits the buttons for them. Yeah. In uh, an article I was reading, it was talking about how millennials learn through experience and referred to them as the PlayStation generation <laughs> yeah. uh, because we grew up playing video games. Uh, I myself didn't, um, but I did have some um, exposure to it. Uh, and many video games, they come, they don't really give you instructions and you kind of go crazy and you come back to life if you die right and so yeah and so many people i think go into it like that as if oh if i if i make a mistake i can just start over and so i think it's important that we that (laughs) i shouldn't say we i'm a millennial uh (laughs) the older generation be there to to know when to guide us Mm-hmm. Um, and when to point out the pitfalls of jumping into something, but also in the instances, um, like you said, just to be a leader and just show them. Yep. I think so. that's very good. Good insight, Phil. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do you have any other just final comments before we wrap up today? Yeah, I think the final thing I would say is this, and that is if you're going to truly lead millennials to a team win, you're going to do it by being super intentional about understanding them. And that that goes for personality differences and age differences and and differences between males and females and all of that. I mean, we're all right. different. And so I think Absolutely. if we would just be willing to admit that they bring a ton of positive things to the table and that we'd be willing to slow down and learn how to most effectively lead them they will motivate themselves. They will generate great innovative solutions and they will be a fantastic part of the team uh, as you guys work together towards achieving all the goals and objectives you've set out. All right. So encourage collaboration and transparency. Give them opportunities to learn and grow. Make them feel valued. Give them an opportunity to work from home potentially. Make sure that they feel a part of something meaningful uh, understand that sometimes they're going to be impatient as they come in a, uh, a technological world that has everything uh, at their fingertips in an instant. And finally, use a coaching style of leadership. Uh, ask, don't tell. Yep, that's it. All right. Well, thanks so much, Joe. I think this was uh, just some really valuable information. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm very encouraged. I think that 
um, people will really be able to take this, put this into practice, uh, and I hope that this is going to really help their organizations grow. Feel free to send us an email at info at, line, uh, info at joedenner.com. Apologies. If you have any comments, uh, let us know if you have any questions on this topic as well. This is something um, we've been really looking at lately, and we're really excited to, to learn more about, and we'd love to, to help you in that process yeah, as well. Definitely. Uh, once again, definitely check out Joe's blog if you haven't already, uh, joedenner.com. Uh, you can subscribe to his blog there if you have not already. Get his free copy uh, of his resource guide titled Six Strategies for When You Don't Have Enough Time. Also, audibletrial.com forward slash stronger leaders. Uh, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial there. Uh, so once again, my name is Phil Denner. I'm your host. Join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. Tomorrow.